This is Dr. Robert Frankel. I'm an emergency medicine and anti-aging physician, and welcome to the Modern Man Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about important topics for men, which include male aesthetics, health, and wellness. But most importantly, we try to remove the stigma of male aesthetics because I think that it's important to understand what men can do for aesthetics and how important it is to for their social and psychological well-being and ultimately just to feel and look good. So take the journey with me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fun. So enjoy it. I think the next episode will be really interesting and informative. So take a listen. Hope you enjoy it. Again, this is Dr. Rob Frankel. Enjoy the episode. Thank you. So welcome. We are here today with an exciting podcast, and we're going to talk about just a fun topic. We're going to, going to go over six things that are going to give you an edge in life. And uh, I thought that this was a, a cool topic because of the fact that we always kind of, we've been going through a lot of different ways that we could help ourselves. And I thought that, you know, we really kind of need just, just kind of targeted things to kind of help us out. And, um, so I thought that lists are always things that people really enjoy. And, um, so I picked out six things that we all should be doing to really give us an edge. And we are here today with our favorite co-host, uh, Zoe, and our favorite author, Zoe Gullickson. Thanks for having me back on the show. Well, welcome, Zoe. It's really nice to have you, of course. And, um, you know, because I think that a lot of people have been feeling, you know, stress coming out of the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. And just needing a, a refresh or just feeling burnt out. So I'd love to talk about things that can help us get out of that absolutely i think that you know just giving just a few things that really kind of give people just a a you know small kind of edge to get them feeling a, a routine that really gets them in the right tone of the right frame of mind and just gives them that right you know just feeling better about themselves feeling better about themselves and then you know and then also healthier you know and just just better and I think that it's this is a great topic for them so we can wake up and instead of feeling overwhelmed by our day we can just look at ourselves in the mirror and go well I got this absolutely. no big deal absolutely absolutely so um, so yeah so welcome again Zoe thanks for having me and uh, thanks for coming coming back here and um, so always a pleasure yeah so so I, I I actually heard this really interesting saying, and I, I'm, I'm, it's I didn't make this up, so I'm gonna steal it. But I thought that this was really, um, I thought this is really well fitting, and uh, and I, I I'm going to steal this, and I'm going to use it as our own. Um, so I, I I want you to I want you to comment on this, um, but. The saying is, die young as late as possible. Wow, I do really like that. I like that the idea is never, um, oh, I'm just going to die when I get old. Right. This kind of implies that 
die young as late as possible is that you never get old, right? So people always say you're only as old as you feel. Right. So die as young as possible or die young as late as possible. Right. And so how do how would we go about feeling young up until our time comes? But that's what we're going to try to figure out. Okay. So let's do it. So I mean, I think that that I think that's a really kind of cool like idea um, because I think that we could we all kind of have that feeling inside that we're always kind of young, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and you know sometimes we don't manifest that that you know as we get a little older, but I think that we all can and we all should because I think that that really does. Um, make a difference in our lives and gives us an edge and I think that once we start kind of succumbing to the fact that we feel like we're getting older and we feel like we're not you know our best self that's when we start not feeling our best self right you start once you put have this frame of mind of oh now I'm old I've reached a certain age I'm over the hill if you you're only as old as you act. So, but you want to also act fun and young if you feel young. Right. So, how do we what would be one of the first things that you think is a way that we can all keep this young mentality? Well, I think that we'll, we're going to go through some really kind of cutting-edge stuff, and I think that the great thing is that we are able to be educated. We and I tell my patients that we, you know, like we have the ability to be educated you know, so well now. Um, we don't have to go through um, the days of microfiche. Um, I don't know what that is. What's a <laughs> microfiche machine? <laughs> I've never even heard of that before. Oh my God. I mean, you've never watched these old movies. I ha- I'll, I have to like show you like these old kind of movies where you know, you sit in front and you look at old newspaper clippings. Oh, in libraries. So yes, if you want to, yes. okay, so yes, yes that, yes. okay, I, I have seen those. Yes. I didn't know it was called a micro. Microfiche, yes. So, <laughs> so you don't have to go through those anymore because now you have everything in your fingertips, like on your phone, your computers, your, you know, iPads. So we can find all this information out and we don't have to be, you know, slaves to the, Dewey Decimal System anymore. That's so funny. I was just watching a clip on YouTube of a TV show that I loved when I was uh, young. So it was in the early, early 90s of, uh, it's called Ghost Rider. And these kids would solve mysteries. And they wanted to, they didn't know where Saigon was. So they looked it up in the encyclopedia. Right. Nobody had any idea what it was. And they're like, oh, go to the encyclopedia. I'm right. like, oh, that's so, that's so different now. None of these kids... Nobody would have an encyclopedia in their house or a Britannica or... Right, (laughs) or people used to come over to your house and they would actually, like, sell these, like, big books to you. These tech sets, right? Saying you need to keep this in your house. So, So, yeah, it is great. We live in... I love being informed. I love knowing why and the data behind. So, it's... uh, So, yeah, we'll go through some of the important things and... uh, you know, let's do it. All right, let's get into it. So, um, so yeah, so I'm going to, um, so, you know, just a few of the, a few of the important things that um, we'll talk about, um, you know, is that 
Before we start our list, I want to kind of go through, um, you know, some things that are, are pretty important um, that I'm, I'm not going to talk about, like, because of the fact that they're not intuitively obvious, but, you know, they're things that we should all kind of know. And uh, the first thing is um, the fact that we should all get enough sleep. Um, and that's one thing that a lot of us don't do, right? For everyone listening, Dr. Frankel never gets enough sleep. That's true. <laughs> He's that's... always working. The modern man is <laughs> never sleeping. That's so true. So for everyone listening, I would agree. This is true. This you is really true. need, everyone needs to get more sleep. I do. And I good do. quality sleep. This is true. I agree with that. Um, and, um... The other thing is drink less alcohol is mm -hmm. definitely something that, you know, everybody should strive for because this is something that, you know, you know, a lot of people do partake in and, um, it does, uh, it does hurt your system, you know, and it's been a rough couple of years. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have been, you know, needing something to relax at the end of the day. Right. But I do think now that we're trying to get out of this and creating a new routine for ourselves, Drinking less and getting more sleep is a couple of good ways to start. What else? Um, and eat foods that, you know, nourish us and not degrade us. I think this is really something that, you know, people don't think about enough. You know, like food is there for, you know, nourishment. People don't think about that enough. Like why, why do you eat? It's for like developing energy. For fuel, not right. for any emotional eating or because you're too, you're too, you're excited or you're sad or you're bored correct yeah you know, i read some of the i remember reading these this old book um i think it was called the yearling i don't know if you ever if you ever i've heard that? of that it feels like a book that i should have you it was on like a that. school list yes yeah. so it's like and so it was all about this uh you know it was all about this boy who was you know, it was, it was all about this boy who would go out with his dad, um, and they were, you know, going out hunting, and it was about this deer, and it was really kind of, like, kind of esoteric story, but it was really, like, the thing that really kind of, like, struck me is how they would always talk about, like, they worked hard, and that they would have these, like, big meals that would nourish them, and that was really kind of the thing that the meal would do for them it was because of the fact that they were eating not to you know have some you know like celebration they were eating because they were working so hard that they needed to eat to like sustain them so you think about uh, michael phelps when he was training for the olympics yes. he would eat thousands and thousands of calories a day and it wasn't how much does Michael Phelps eat like look how many pancakes he has to have for breakfast. It's like well in order to do my workouts This is how much food I need to consume before and after workouts or else I won't be able to finish My Olympic training as a swimmer. So that's yes, that's the way that everyone should kind of reroute their frame of mind as with their relationship with food. That's right and 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 the other thing I would say is you know just the you know, just the idea that these, you know, these should be kind of like prerequisites, you know, before just to sustain us, you know, just the idea of, you know, but, you know, just 
these these ideas of you know getting you know enough sunshine getting out of the house and getting you know like sunshine getting our vitamin d you know you know eating foods that sustain us you know drinking less sleeping enough and uh you know nourishing us and getting sunshine and getting out of the house and you know being so these out these are the minimum to the like you said the prerequisites right. to having a successful routine and succeeding in life is to these are the basics right and then then we'll get more into you have insight for us on what to build on top of those things correct yes. okay yes. awesome right because right because of the fact that Right, you live in a beautiful place in Asbury Park, and I right? do. I love Asbury Park, New Jersey. And uh, right, and you, and going out by the beach, right, and walking your dog is like that's you know those that's something that's really kind of valuable, right? It is. It's the quality of life. As someone, as both of us fellow New Yorkers, mm -hmm. former New Yorkers, yes, um, it is nice to be here at the Jersey Shore yes. and have some fresh air. Yes, it's important. So. All right, so let's let's get into it, and so we're gonna go through a couple of these, and then we'll uh, and then we'll see. All so, right. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is um, we'll talk about protecting your skin. Now we did a whole podcast last week that really talked about your skin, and the um, the number one thing that we're going to talk about, and Jamie will be excited about this being number one is protecting your skin. Because um, I think that this is, you know, vitally important to, you know, being, you know, overall getting that edge because of the fact that, you know, a lot of times what we don't realize is that, you know, the one way to get better skin and get, you know, better health wise is to just protect your skin. And how would we protect the biggest organ in our body? It's just to use sunblock. Right? SPF guys. Just, yeah. we, again, Jamie and I talked about how much we love SPF, men and women, 365 days a year. And you don't have to on. go out and get a copper tone tan. Nope. You know? Yes. Nope. So it's, uh, it's pretty simple and, um, you know, and it's, you know, whether it's, whether we're talking about, you know, going out in the, uh, you know, winter or the, you know, the summer, you know, you think about it, you think about it pretty simple like this is how I this is how I kind of look at it when you go when you have a really nice grill right like I, I like my grill like I cook like really good things you know on my grill in oh the winter, it's baseball season yeah you like your hot dogs and your hamburgers yeah and good filet mignons and you know and like and in the winter what do you do with that grill you put a put a nice tarp over it because you know that it's going to be like damaged if you don't like the environment is going to like really it's gonna wear away so think of the same way if your skin is just going out without any barrier right all the time yeah. think of the wear and tear that your car or your grill gets then the paint on your house the same things that are wearing away at these items are wearing away at our skin and not it's damaging our the protective barrier on our skin and that's how a lot of the damage starts that's right and so like by doing something so simple and just putting just some spf like sunblock on you know a daily basis you know it's just like putting your socks on just like putting your shoes on 
you just put a little sunblock on, it will make a huge difference, you know, to protecting, you know, and protecting your skin and, and stopping the, you know, damage that could potentially be done um, from the sun. Because it's not just the sun, but it's also environmental um, effects that can have, that can damage your skin. So you think of car exhaust or just debris in the air and those are things that can wear away at your skin barrier and damage your skin. So not only does sunblock protect against as against the UV rays that we hear so much about, it's also protecting against environmental damage that can occur. Absolutely. So there's a lot of environmental, you know, things that are out there that we need to, you know, stay away from because it really is going to be damaging. So I love that it's number one, quick and easy. As soon as you brush your teeth, put on some sunblock. And you're already a, a step ahead of everybody else. Perfect and easy. And so staying on your skin, I mean, let's talk about some other things that you could do. Okay. Uh, you know, a simple cleanser, you know, cleaning your skin. I mean, that's, that's also something that's really, something that really is something vital, something easy. You know, there's a couple of, you know, good brands that we talk about, the, you know, now, Curve has a good has a good cleanser. Simply Aesthetics has a good cleanser as well. I Our mean, skincare line came into the office yeah. and we've been using it the last couple of weeks and we love it. It's gentle on your skin, but it makes a really big difference and your skin just feels refreshed. And you can tell there's the oil and grime from the day. I always love getting into a clean bed at the end of a day and I never want to feel like I'm getting my pillowcases dirty. So just having a washing your face before you go to bed and in the morning is just a really nice refresh. And what is it too? Because of the fact that you think about it, that if you don't clean your skin, those things, you know, those that, you know, the dirt, the grime, the things like that will end up in your pores. And when that happens, that creates things like acne, that creates, um, you know, the, you know, the, um, the uh, different types of pimples, the different types of, you know, roughness of your skin. These are the problems that develop when you just don't clean your skin. And it's a simple process. It's a really simple, you know, simple step that everybody should do, everybody can do. And, you know, all we have to do is really kind of, you know, just take a couple of minutes of our day and take care of that. So, I mean, think about if you just sticking your face in front of a car exhaust pipe and just being like, all right, great, I have all this grime on my face. Now I'm just gonna go about my day and never wash it off. Right, and I've seen people who, who have done that. And, <laughs> but, all those uh, mechanics that are listening. <laughs> right, um, but um, you know, and you know, I guess yeah, they, they think it's okay, but uh, I think it's probably, they probably, you know, you probably, it's probably not the best, not the best look. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, completely uh, obsessive about it. Um, I was just watching uh, American Psycho. Uh, oh, recently. again? Yes. <laughs> Christian and, uh, Bale, one yes. of the best performances yes. of all time. And, uh, you know, he was meticulously going through his skincare routine. Um, 
oh, we should do a whole episode on just <laughs> the American psycho's skincare routine. Yeah, because he really did. He really did, I mean, explicitly go through his skin routine. And it was actually a very good skin routine. He looked great in that movie. Yes, he did. But, um, you know, I mean, he, you know, he, d- it did kind of lead him, I don't know if it, that, you know, part of his skincare routine led him to you know, the uh, heinous things that he uh, did, but, um, you know. Uh, it's nice to have a routine, so no matter if you're just going to go into But he did job, look good doing. <laughs> whatever he was doing. <laughs> whatever he was doing, he looked good doing it, right? I mean, that, that was the key, so. Um, you know, the other thing that, you know, we talk about is like a good hyaluronic acid, you know, as well. A great HA. Yeah, because hyaluronic acid, like we talk about, is key to um, you know collagen in itself and so um, because of the fact that you can you know add hyaluronic acid you know into your into your skincare routine you can you know just you know plump the skin make the skin you know just look more full and it really does you know add to collagen in itself and it gives that more kind of full feeling to your skin and so I think that, you know, it, for most everybody, like a good hyaluronic acid is worth adding to your routine and having on, you know, having it in a routine, at, at, you know, pretty much for everyone. So, and it helps to like make the skin more elastic and make the skin more tighter. So I think that it's, it's a worthwhile you know, thing to have for everybody. So When I think of really hydrated, plump, youthful looking skin on a leading man, I think of Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. now he's uh, so deep into his career and he has aged gracefully and but he still his skin looks great and it always looks hydrated and plump and I feel like he has not only a good skincare routine but there's definitely an HA that he uses right and he doesn't and and he does use a good I'm sure he does use a good you know skincare routine and he doesn't you know um you know, murder people in the uh, hallways, like... Uh, that America's is true. Life. So, I mean, you don't... It is not a direct correlation, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so not, yeah, just because you have a good skincare routine doesn't mean you're a murderer. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so the last thing, you know, that we'll add to is, like, a, a you know, a good moisturizer as well. Um, so, you know, moisturizer is also... That's adding hydration into the skin... Um, you know, which is also really important. And, and what I was going to point out was that a lot of the moisturizers, you know, mention that they add collagen, you know, those products that have collagen in it. Um, and, um, the problem with that is that, you know, collagen's a really large molecule that, you know, really can't, you know, actually enter into the skin from the the pro- the protein is too big to be able to kind of transform into you know that uh, that part of the skin so the reality is is that it's probably not you know really making it into the deep layer of the skin so it's probably just wasting your money so um, so we should be getting collagen would you recommend a collagen powder collagen powder would be definitely a better choice for okay. sure yes absolutely as opposed that makes more sense that it, it that it's a big protein and i can't just 
push it into my skin, right. shove it into my pores, and make the collagen in my skin better. Yes. I mean, you could certainly inject collagen, for sure, into the skin. Right. But um, putting That's it... by a doctor, not by yourself. Right. Or yes. not even some random other cousin that yes, you know. Yes, like, yes, Or, or someone or... off of Instagram. Just right, exactly. Make sure you go to a professional. Yes, or somebody uh, in the uh, you know basement of you know some you know, hotel or something right. like that. Right. Don't, don't do that. It's yes. not the eighties anymore, guys. Right. Yes. Go so, to a doctor. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, but a good moisturizer, again, Simply Aesthetics has one. La Roche Posey has a good one. Um, I mean, so there is a, there's definitely a few, um, moisturizers out there that, you know, I think are worthwhile, you know, go, getting as well. So I think that those, you know, those things are, you know, pretty important. And, um, another thing that, we mentioned briefly, and I think that this is, you know, vitally important, but this is something that you really have to, you know, talk to, you, uh, you know, a, a doctor about, a healthcare professional is Retin-A. Um, Retin-A is, you know, basically vitamin A, um, and uh, it's really important for anti-aging, hyperpigmentation, and even acne, acne and acne scarring. Um, but, you know, Retin-A is, you know, very, um, you know, it's it can it can be very. Uh, um, it it's a be... very potent product, so you have to be really careful of what percentage you start out with, um, and building up from there. You shouldn't start using it every day, right? Correct. Use it like one night, and then use it every three days, or and then every other day, and kind of work yourself to see. So that you don't um, irritate your skin too much because right. it is very strong. Right, and so for some some people, it's it could be, you know, very irritating, and and some people have conditions that it can be, you know, not, you know, not good for them, and certain skin types are, you know, are not, you know, going to be do well with Retin A as well. So you really have to be the right candidate for it, and you you should not be, you know, somebody out there going. And just picking up, you know, Retin A without, you know, professional kind of talking to a professional and kind of making sure that you are, you know, the right candidate for it because, you know, it it is definitely a product that needs to be kind of worked with with a professional to uh, discuss with and to make sure that uh, you're a good candidate for it and how you're going to um, use it is also really important because. You know, um, a lot of times people hear, oh, this is great, and then I use it every day, and then, like, the, their face gets really irritated red, and, like, well, this is, you know, this is really bad for me, and, and... Then they stop using it when, really, you only needed to use it every other day, and only once a day. You shouldn't be using it twice a day. You shouldn't be putting it on first thing in the morning, and then going out directly into the sun. You should be only applying it before you go to bed at night, so that it doesn't, um, your skin doesn't come into contact but when used as directed by a medical professional, it can do wonders for your skin. I've been using it for 10 years and everyone compliments my skin and I'm like, it's, I work really hard on my skincare routine so that I don't have to wear any makeup. That's right. And so, uh, <laughs> and so that's, so it's really, it's important, but it's, like I said, it's, it's important that you, you know, talk to a professional before you do. So, absolutely. So let's talk to about number two. Let's uh, the second the second thing we're going to talk about is uh, staying well hydrated. One of my favorite things for all you listeners that cannot see right now, but I have what I call my emotional support water bottle with me. It's 
40 ounces. I carry it around with me everywhere, even at home from room to room because I get thirsty a lot. I drink so much water and I can tell when I'm dehydrated, I turn very cranky. Yes. So. It looks like an oil tanker, I would say. Yes, it does. <laughs> carrying this thing around. <laughs> and so the, uh, so the old adage of you must drink eight glasses of water, um, you know, um, you know, are fine. That's a, you know, fine, you know, idea, but there's so much more to this whole idea of like staying hydrated than that, you know, that, that whole idea. I, I, I mean, like it, it's almost a little cringy when I hear that because there's so much more to just the whole idea of like drinking eight glasses of water because there's, you know, there's a lot of different other factors that really go into hydration and hydration status. So it's like when we're talking about food is that, so you need to have the right amount of food to fuel your body. So you need to drink the right amount of water that your body is going to need to stay hydrated for the amount of activity that you're doing. So someone who is going running a 5K every day is gonna need more than eight glasses of water a day. That's right, that's correct. <laughs> And so the other thing is like the things that you eat and drink actually can affect your hydration status as well. In a positive and a negative way? Absolutely. Yes. So what would affect my hydration in a negative way? So you would think about if you drank something, you would be better hydrated, right? Like Right. Like drinking coffee, right? Right. You'd be Does that not hydrate me? Well, I mean, if you drank like four cups of coffee, you'd be like, Oh, I I mean, I'm halfway there to eight cups of water because, I mean, there is water in coffee, right? Right. But you'd be wrong. <laughs> Wait, is that why I need to drink so much? That's why I carry around this water bottle because I drink too much coffee. <laughs> That's right, because caffeine, of course, is one of the most dehydrating types of, um, you know, drinks that you can have in your body because, of course, it's going to make you um, take fluid out of your body so oh all right well that explains my water bottle addiction so <laughs> so of course any type of caffeine whether it be cat coffee or you know soda or even things that you know things that like you know sh just sugar itself what they what it does is it kind of concentrates you know your bloodstream and that also is going to dehydrate you as well um, so those are the, so, so some of the things that we think about that, you know, that actually kind of dehydrate you because there's a kind of a natural balance to your hydration status. So it's not only about like how much you're drinking, but what you're drinking, what you're drinking, what you're eating as well. So what are the foods that can leave me dehydrated then? So things like soy, um, you know, soy, like not only soy sauce, but like things like tofu, um, soy milk. Soy milk. Okay. Um, things like uh, blueberries. But blueberry also. is a fruit. Blueberries dehydrate are dehydrating. Yes, blueberries actually have a pretty, pretty, you know, high salt content. You know, all obviously there's, there's certain types of you know fishes, you know, the like salmon that have a pretty high you know, salt content that are going to um, also sugary. You know, here's the here's a funny thing, like something like a Gatorade or like a Powerade that has very high sugar content, you would think, well, that's great for me, right? 
They're supposed to be a recovery drink. Wrong. What? <laughs> because the fact that it has so much sugar in it, it's also going to, you know, potentially dehydrate you as well. Oh, okay. Well, then I need to skip all of those sports drinks then and just get an IV once a week. That's true, yes. <laughs> and, you know, our producers, you know, one of our producers' favorite foods, edamame, very dehydrating as well. I also didn't know that. I ate a lot of blueberries and edamame. Again, my water addiction. Well, thank goodness you carry that <laughs> oil tank around with you, Zoe. Right? That, that explains a lot. No wonder I need to drink that much water every day. Right. So, I mean, eating, eating and drinking these certain foods are also going to affect, you know, like, and affect your overall skin, right, and your collagen as well because of the fact that, you know, the turgor of your skin is affected by your hydration status. So you think about it this way. Like, if you if you're, uh, have a lot of hydration, you're a grape. If you have not a lot of hydration, you're a raisin, right? <laughs> yes. So that's really kind <laughs> Don't of... Don't be a raisin. Right. So that's really kind of the idea. So, like... You know, environmentally, the sun, the toxins, and wearing, you know, like the, one of the biggest things is that, you know, we were walk, walking around with masks for the last, you know, two years. And so that was very dehydrating to our skin as well. Um, just because of the fact that we were kind of constantly um, giving ourselves carbon, uh, carbon dioxide constantly into our, our, you know, ourselves. And so that was actually kind of dehydrating our skin as well. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it's important to think about the fact that, you know, when you're, you know, when you're taking the, when you're taking the liquids, you're, you know, and you're adding, you're adding water, you want to make sure that, you know, you want to hydrate, you want to hydrate enough, but, you know, orally hydrating, you know, sometimes it's not going to get you enough to the point where you need to be. Um, IV hydration, of course, is really probably the most effective way to hydrate because of the fact that it's um, going right into where it needs to be. I mean, you, when you orally hydrate, when you, you, know, you drink water, it needs to go into the stomach and then be absorbed into you know, the next step. And so a lot of times it's going to be excreted out of the, you know, into the kidneys. And so a lot of times you don't, you know, hydrate into that, you know, that's that next step. Oh, because it has to travel through your GI system. It has to travel, exactly. Okay. So it's last week I had a really terrible migraine mm -hmm. and I came in to the office and got an IV done because I just couldn't keep anything down and I really needed some hydration in me. So the IV was great because it bypasses the GI system and just gave me a bunch of vitamins and pure hydration that I really needed. I was really dehydrated. Yeah, and so that's the thing. Like, so when, you know, so IV hydration really is kind of the best kind of, kind of most direct route to be able to like truly hydrate. But I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, oral hydration will help, but I mean, it, and to keep up with it, it, it's hard, but I mean, it's definitely something you need to do. But think about the things that you're, eating and drinking because of the fact that a lot of times these things are going to affect, you know, negatively affect you too. So. All right. What else you got for us? All right. Dr. So Frankel? number, so number three is, you know, get your hormones checked. And so everybody hears this and like, okay, I've got my hormones checked. 
oh, doctor, you know, so, um, and a lot of people, you know, like, um, you know, like a lot of times, um, they kind of don't think about this or when they do think about it, they say, well, my doctor said, you know, my levels are okay. I guess I'm okay. Um, so I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you like my kind of compressed lesson of kind of hormones as best as I can. You are the expert. We get a lot of people in here. That is, I think the number one thing that your patients really started coming for was, and word of mouth is just Dr. Frank will help you even out your hormones. And I never really thought about it until I was working with you and seeing yeah. how, how it really affects the patients. So yeah, absolutely. Tell us more about why we should look more into our hormones instead of just the regular panel that we get done as our like yearly checkup. So like, the reality is, is that there was a study done recently and they found that you know, like one out of four guys actually um, under 30, at, by the time they were 30, were showing signs of low testosterone, which would, you know, that's, I mean, that's a significant number when you think about it. At By the age of 30, that's 25% of guys were already had, you know, signs of low testosterone, which were low energy, poor sleep, trouble concentrating. Um, you know, uh, poor muscle building, you know, not sense of well-being, low libido, decreased concentration, even, you know, some type of depression. I mean, and, and, um, you know, this really does affect guys in, in, you know, like in their overall kind of sense of well, you know, well-being. Because the things that you mentioned sent like the less energy, poor sleep, trouble building muscle, libido, concentration, depression, by the time you're 30, you might just think, oh, this is what it's like being an adult, this mm -hmm. is, or it's my job, or my family, or things are stressing me out. Sure. The, the first thing you think of isn't, oh, maybe I have low testosterone. That's correct. That's not talked about enough, I don't think. I, and that's true, because the range of like testosterone levels is, the range is usually, if you look at the blood tests, it uh, ranges from the level of 200 to 900. Wait a second. So you go for a yearly checkup mm -hmm. and say they test your testosterone. And if it's between, it can either be at like a 200 or a 900? That's correct. And so that means that, um, you know, you could be in your, you know, 80s and you could be normal at 220. But if you're in your 30s, you could you could have a number of 220 and they could say, well, it says it's normal, but I could tell you. Because you're within the range, that's a very large gap. That is a large gap, you're right. And so I could tell you that, you know, having done this for a pretty long time and seeing a lot of different patients with, um, you know, with you know, hormonal issues, that the guys that have the levels at 200 are very different and feeling very different than the guys that are have their levels closer to 900. Wow, this is crazy. I never, I didn't know the range was that large and that your regular um, general practitioner could tell you that, oh yeah, you're 35 and your level is at 250 when really you should be closer to 900 or like your optimal health. You would be a better functioning human if you were closer to 900. That's correct. Wow. 
And so, I mean, and I, I don't disparage, you know, like general practitioners or any other doctor for kind of like looking at these ranges and saying, you're fine because, you know, uh, you know, I went through medical school just like everybody else. And they talked, you know, the amount of time they talked about this type of, you know, hormonal health, I can tell you, um, you want to guess the, the amount of minutes that we, amount of hours we talked about this time, this <laughs> specific specific topic so we give it i hit hours days days and weeks worth of hours because it uh, does no it makes such a huge difference and you say like how many hours would you say like like 100 hours 200 hours mm, 200 200 hours 200 try never what do you mean never like they never talked about this for like a minute in medical in school, medical school? Yeah. so a textbook as long as you were within range, then you're good. Right. They never even, like, it's ne it never was even mentioned at all in medical school, honestly. Wow. So, like, this stuff was never even, like, discussed. And so I could understand, like, and, you know, like, I could understand why, you know, like, when you talk to your doctor, you know, and they, they discuss this stuff, you know, they say, okay, it's okay, you know, because it's, it's you know, unless you kind of get some for further advanced training on this information you're not going to kind of like put yourself out there and say well like that you know is is not you know that that's not normal you know um isn't how this practice started was because you saw that there was a need in that, for a more hands-on hormone treatment that's correct that's correct so you found it out and you found it very interesting because it is and you're like I want to be someone a doctor that men and women can go to that have a more specific look and have a tailored treatment plan closely related to your blood work results that's correct wow yeah because I you know because there is definitely a need and there's definitely you know a um, you know there's definitely not a um, you know, not a true understanding. And so it, it kind of was something that I found that once you get to that point and once you, you know, the, once patients kind of feel that way and get, get, get to those levels, their whole life changes. Absolutely. Yeah. I That's mean, great. Yeah. And so, um, so it's important to understand this. I mean, and that's, you know, and obviously like, the worst thing you could possibly do is think that you could do this on your own and try to, because you know we've we've seen people who come to this office, right? So we've right, had... and their hormones are all out of whack, nothing, and their body is working right, right. and it's because they tried and found some stuff on the internet uh -huh. or somebody or in the gym. Yep, and somebody was like, "Hey, you should try this. You should right. try that," and your system is so out of whack, and it takes even longer to get it. Right. back to where it was and then getting it treated for your optimal health right and so the, the worst thing is like when they come and they say oh you know like i'm taking this and I'm, I'm doing this and i think i need more and you know when they come to me the first thing i'll say to them is the last thing they want to hear is i'll say well my what i would say to you is how i would start or to approach you is I would take you off everything and go make you go cold turkey and that's the last thing they would want to hear because they need to like completely get off everything to get their system back to like clean and then we'd start again 
start from scratch. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, yeah, because once you kind of, like, do the wrong thing for your system, you need to, like, get that stuff out of your system, and then we start again and get your system back to, you know, where we can actually work with it, like, normally. And so that's that's how, that's how we kind of work with it. We kind of, like, do it in a very kind of structured way where you get to your a normal level, we make sure the other hormones are not out of whack, and you know the patients feel good and you know that's and and you get your edge back you get all the things back that you were feeling you know not so great about and and usually uh, this the um you know the um you know the therapy goes pretty well that sounds great we i all the guys here or men and women that come in they just are so ecstatic at how much better they feel. They just feel like a better version of themselves because their body is functioning on at a best the best level it can. So we got a few more things, a few more uh, numbers to go. So we're gonna take a couple minute break and then uh, we'll get to the last four, or the last three. So just, we're gonna take a break and we'll go from there. All right, so? Sounds good. All right. Okay, so now we're going to head into our fourth uh, thing that's going to get you and give you the edge that you need, and um, that is Brotox. And so, of course, we did an entire um, we did our entire podcast very early. On. I think it was our first first podcast that we did, and um, so let's talk a little bit about why Brotox is really simple, easy, and really life changing. So, you know, those worry lines, those, I don't have, I have to pay my mortgage now, or I have those, (laughs) I have that big exam, you know, lines that develop, Um, you know. The ones for me are really the guys that spend several dozens of hours a week in the gym, Mm -hmm. all this time building muscle, eating right, and, but when you're lifting weights, you tend to make a face, you mm-hmm. tend to scrunch your face, and so you develop these lines on your face from lifting weights because you're concentrating really hard, you're furring your brow, yeah. and you're doing all this extra work to really improve your body and your health, but you now suddenly have wrinkles on your face. Well, that is where Brotox comes in handy. Yes, so Brotox, of course, when we do Brotox, it's all about just making the, making the face smooth. Right, and it's not for, um, you know, lifting, or it's not for making you look fake or plastic. It's just for smoothing out the face, right? It's just a smooth kind of natural appearance. A lot of times, guys get lines around their eyes. It's also kind of those kind of worry lines around their forehead, and you know, obviously, doing. Uh, Botox on men is very different than doing Botox on women. So the way that the the goals that we want to achieve for women are different than the goals that we want to achieve for men. Um, so um, for men, a lot of times they have lines that they want to kind of you know just be smooth, and um, it's a it's not scary like. When I started this podcast, that was the first thing that I kind of talked about. It's not scary. It's you're not going to look fake. Brotox is just to make you look kind of 
smooth, nice, and it's and it's does really kind of give you that appearance of just like, oh, I feel and look just a little younger, a little, a little more awake, and just, you know, that just better appearance of yourself. Absolutely. It's not, you're not going to look frozen. You're not going to look like somebody crazy. Oh, I saw a picture of what Dane Cook looks like recently. Yeah. Terrible. Whoever did his Botox did a terrible, terrible job. Right. His eyebrows are really peaked. It's not, he looks like Spock. It's not a good look. Right. So that is not the goal. Dr. Frankel does a great job of making it look natural. No one would be able to tell that you even had Botox done, but it will just complement the charm that you already have. Right. And I remember I had a patient recently tell me that, you know, he works in a place that, you know, his, you know, his job is he works around people who are, a lot of the people who he works around are younger uh, than himself. And uh, he, you know, needs to kind of have that same edge. And so um, he feels that, you know, doing the, you know, doing the Botox kind of gives him that appearance and kind of gives him that confidence to feel like, you know, he's, he fits in. He's not, he's not feeling like he's, you know, being some, you know, out, you know, being out there or anything like that. He just feels like, oh, you know, like, uh, I don't feel like I'm like weathered or kind of like been, been out, you know. For too long. No, you want to die young or you want to die as young as possible, right? That's what we talked about at, yes. at the opening, at the top of the show. So, Botox is a great way to look as young as possible. And it makes you look a little bit more awake, just if you're in a competitive work environment, or as soon as you get out of work, you have a ton of soccer games or baseball games that you have to go to, and just trying to juggle everything in the air, this is a great way to just you look alert, you got your stuff together, and again, that gives you that little bit of edge above everybody else so that you're at the top of your game. Yeah, that's why you work out, you do, you know, you do the right things, you keep fit. Botox and Brotox is the same type of thing. It just gives you that smooth appearance, just the same type of things. That's why you do, the, that's why you do the, those types of things as well. So it just gives you that kind of smooth appearance, and so it's important. And right, so you're right. Die young as late as possible. That's what we want to achieve. So, mm -hmm. all right. So yeah. So that's number five, four. An easy one. We could all do it. You get out there, make your Brotox appointments, and and make sure you you know you get in there and do that. Number five is you know doing simple procedures um, that will do the best simple effects for you as possible. And so, you know, we've talked about a bunch of these, um, you know, on the past podcast, and I'm gonna just run through a couple of the ideas. Microneedling is one of them, and we talked about what microneedling does. That is creates an organized injury deep into your, deep layer of your skin, and what that does is helps to kind of rejuvenate your collagen and it helps those fine lines and it helps to kind of helps the you know the areas that you have that you feel that are you know not you know the best in the you know some of people who have acne scarring um, those things are 
you know, are improved with microneedling, and it's an easy procedure. It's, it takes about a half hour, it doesn't hurt, it gives you an organized injury where the collagen that was damaged, the elastin that was damaged, all get improved. And, right. it's, and it's really painless, you know, and it's a really nice procedure. Um, radiofrequency is another procedure where you feel like you're kind of looser and not as tight, you know, radio frequency, what it does is it creates magnetic waves. And what that does is that tightens the area, kind of lifts and tightens. Another easy procedure, like another thing that kind of helps to tighten the skin. And that's also a really, really nice procedure to, to go and, and help you out. And those have minimal downtime. They're not invasive. You don't have to go to a plastic surgeon and have this big ordeal done. Um, it's really just a very minimal downtime that can make a huge difference. Right. And you know, my favorite is, you know, getting contouring fillers, you know, done, you know, a, a lot of the things I talk about, um, whether it be, um, you know, um, being, um, you know, an action hero <laughs> or, or, um, you know, uh, having that George Clooney jawline right. or that Brad Pitt. I mean, they are looking for a new James Bond. Dr. Oh, Frankel. Really? Oh, really? Daniel Craig is officially retired and they are looking for an actor who they already rolled out like six actors that were contenders. And they, they well, said these guys did not look young enough well, to be you James go. Bond. So, oh. uh, well, you there, guys are in the running. Well, there you go. So this is a perfect time for you guys, you know, who are waiting to kind of get there. So this would be a perfect time for you to, uh, perfect, perfect goal, you know. So, you know, the fillers that, you know, help to improve your jawline and help kind of just give you that straighter, you know, straighter looking appearance, kind of lifting and tightening your cheeks. And now that we're now that we're delving delving into YouTube, we'll be able to, um, you know, show more kind of before and afters. I think, right? So absolutely, yeah. of just even if you feel like you wanted to have a sharper jawline or just a more defined jawline, we can make that happen now, yeah. and it won't take surgery. Right. It's not scary. Yeah, we're not into surgery. I think that you know this is. I mean, I, the fillers, the filler stuff that we can do these days is so great and, and it's so easy and it's not anything like you, you know, dream of before. And it really like, like the last podcast, you know, we talked about is how to slim your face. It's actually with fillers, you know, it's fillers is, you know, the fillers actually contour your face. They don't actually make things, you know, bulkier. They actually slimmer. So I think it's I think it's such a really easy procedure that really helps out and so um, we love to we love to talk about it and lastly um, the last thing that we want to talk about is uh, which I think is most important you know is um, you know I, I think let I'll let you you know read this one off Zoe because I think they so the last and most valuable one that you guys should all keep in mind is allowing the kid inside to show up sometimes. That's right. I mean, we all have stressful times, stressful lives. We all have to deal with all the craziness that goes on around us. But we all know that inside that we all have, 
you know, that kid inside that we need to kind of let out sometimes. And You know what, podcast listeners, I'm going to let you in on a little conspiracy theory. So <laughs> when Dr. Frankel is not doing his doctor duties, when he is not at the baseball games, when he's not doing research, I think his secret hobby is dressing up as Michael Myers and uh, scaring people on TikTok. It's so if you see videos of somebody dressed up as Michael Myers scaring people, I think personally, allegedly, that that's actually Dr. Frankel under that mask and that's how he lets the kid inside out to have wow. some fun. I'll deny it to this, you know, day, but you never know, you know, I'm not going to say, but you know, if it if it's true, it's it could be, you never know. If so. uh, Mr. Meyer shows up, you could you, you might consider that it could be Dr. Frankel. That's right. So, <laughs> but yes. So just let the, you know, the craziness around us, you know, just let it go and just enjoy, you know, enjoy, you know, the day and just kind of let you know, let the kid inside you just be come out. And I think that's really important for all of us because I think that that kind of just keeps us young and that's how we, you know, are going to stay young and die young as late as possible. Right. You're only as old as you feel. That's right. And we all want to stay, you know, to as young as possible. And uh, I think that um, these, with using these six you know, gauges will, you know, definitely, you know, give us uh, some guidance to, uh, to help you. It's a little cheat sheet yeah. on, how to, on how to stay young. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so thank you, Zoe. This is uh, definitely enjoyable. And, Always a pleasure. Yes. And can't wait to be back on the next episode. Yes, next episode is going to be a really important episode. I've been waiting to do this next episode for a long time, and uh, I'm finally going to do it. And it's going to be on hair loss and hair replacement. Woo, this is such an exciting topic. Yes. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it yes. because the advances in science right now mm -hmm. on how to help with hair loss is amazing and it's just outstanding yes. what the treatments are. Yeah, and it took me so long because I wanted to, you know, get the research and, you know, really kind of get the best information possible to give to our modern man audience. So I hope you tune in next time because next time is gonna be really informative, but I'm glad you came today and um, thank you for your listenership and you know, like, share, comment, and we will see you next time with my uh, co-host, Zoe. Bye guys. All right, have a good night.